Hello again, and welcome back to the Adra Insider Podcast. We are once again physically distanced. Uh, we look forward to the day where we can all come back together, but for now, we will do what we can. Today, we are joined again by Daniel Saw, and we are joined by Anita Odondi. Thank you, Michael. I'm Anita Odondi. Anita Mwanguzi. Yes, you're okay. the only one who pronounces my name really well. Yes. Mwanguzi. Mwanguzi. Yes. Uh, Anita Mwanguzi Odondi. Odondi. Thank all right. you, Michael. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Mm -hmm. And Daniel. Yes, uh, so it's great to be here with you, Michael. Thank you uh, for the opportunity. Uh, so I serve as the Canadian Program Manager and happy to be on set today. Again, my name is Michael Kirkby and I am uh, the Design and Communications Coordinator at ADRA Canada. And I am once again your host. Um, we have Daniel on again. Uh, we, you were on recently yes. uh, talking about our projects in Wikwamakong, and we are going to continue that theme. Um, and we are expanding our talk today to include all of Canada. Yes. So we're going to talk about what ADRA is doing from coast to coast to coast, all three coasts. Nice. So, um, so Anita, um, you're, you've been very involved in this for a number of years now. Can you give us a quick rundown on ADRA Canada's involvement in Canada? Yes. In the past and where we are now. And where we plan to go. Oh, absolutely. Future, yeah, that, right? that's, that's the important be, part, right? Yes. So I am the emergency program director. Mm -hmm. And uh, before Daniel was chosen by God to join us in, uh, in the Canadian program, uh, to be a very big blessing to the emergency part of it, we were doing, we were mostly responding to emergencies as they came. So when we had flooding or the Fort Mac fire or things like that, we worked with volunteers, we worked with the churches and the conferences to respond to the disaster. So our, our involvement in Canada was more on a reactive basis. Exactly. Oh, okay. It was reactive. And after some time, myself and my team and ADRA Canada as a whole, we thought we need to reflect some of what we do to replicate some of what we do abroad adra internationally we prepare a lot right. so that when the disaster happens we know what we are going to do we have uh, everything ready we are not just reacting and because we needed additional human resource um, daniel uh, came in to help with that so we are right now trying to put together what we call emergency management uh, preparedness plans that will be for the conferences and for the churches. At the same time, we continue to respond to disasters like the COVID-19 one that, that has gone through right. to every fabric of life. Right. We have done a total of 33 projects some of which have smaller projects inside there. So they probably come to maybe 40. 40 yeah. um, and we have been working with the churches to respond to COVID-19 in their community. And, and so that's just 40 projects, just COVID-19 related? Only COVID-19 right. oh, wow, related. Okay. So that's, yes. not even, that's not even our other projects we have going on in Canada. No, that's... and you know that the, and the floods have continued oh, and the yeah. other things. Because obviously 
emergencies aren't going to stop happening just because there's already an emergency. No, yeah. I wish they could. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it but be nice if they could take their turn? Yeah. <laughs> Some countries have actually said that COVID-19 take the back seat. Like right. we still have ABCD <laughs> yeah. happening. Oh. So it's been a blessing to be able to respond to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of support from from the constituency in giving financially praying. SDSCC supported with with, uh, funding, some conferences, North America Division and ADRA also put together funds to respond to this, we'll say 40 projects. Wow. And these included uh, food, working with the food banks, helping people access food, non-food, essential items, psychosocial support, in Canada, the government has done tremendously mm-hmm. to to give and make sure that people have the things they need, but there's still so much um, and a lot of things falling through the cracks. Right. And well, this, this is where the churches are reaching the most. Yeah. yeah, and this has been such a huge thing. Like, they're obviously, the government can do so much, but there's still going to be people that just are, are missed for whatever reason. Yes. yes. And so, yeah, it's, it's great that Adra is able to step yes. in and fill those holes that yes. might exist or mm-hmm. might pop up here and there. And, yes. and, and our projects, they, they're not just in the hot spots either, are they? We have hotspots, yeah. well, like I said, coast to coast to coast. Coast to coast, you mentioned it, yeah. And this was perhaps one of our most extensive national emergency responses. I think maybe our largest one ever. 40 projects, as you said, from coast to coast to coast, Pacific, Arctic, and East Coast. There were multiple projects in each province and territory. And some highlights were perhaps the one that's further north around the Arctic Circle in Nunavut. Oh, wow. And, of course, the capital was Iqaluit mm-hmm. and uh, the one town that's closest to the Arctic Circle, namely Igloolik. And we were able to provide the funding, necessary emergency assistance funds for them to access and be able to afford food so that they can distribute to their community members because there's a great lack of food access and resources there. Because none of it really went into a lockdown, did they? They did. Like they sure did. It's almost impossible to get into none of it. You really can't get in. Uh, yeah. And uh, they, they will prevent you from getting in restrictions. So I imagine that's post. really affected how people are able to access their food and, and basically Certainly. just... Even when we paid for the food, it yes. took two months to get there. To get there. Yeah. So wow. there was there was a delay in you know the shipment, but they finally got it, and then they were able to provide uh, food bags and boxes, and uh, it was amazing stories that came out of that. There was a lady that I think she was over a hundred years old, and uh, they delivered to her door, and she was so grateful, so grateful. And, and this Nunavut area is primarily Indigenous and Inuit community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, we're very privileged to work with our indigenous communities. And then also in the the larger urban centers and even in smaller places across Canada. Can you give me some more examples? um, In Toronto. Toronto. Oh, yeah. Toronto, one of the the places helped to purchase iPads. Yes. That they gave to palliative patients. That was in Barrie, right? It was up in Barrie. Yeah. Okay. Patients who couldn't uh, see their family members. Yes, at the the peak of COVID. Yes. I had the privilege of visiting that project. That's right. uh, Back back in the summer. And I was able to, uh, I was able to talk to the director of the home that we were working with. And and she said the difference that it made in those people's lives. It was also very therapeutic. Because in this time where there's much more stress, anxiety, 
anxiety and depression, mm. being able to go out and help others yes. was a big uh, opportunity and privilege to divert all the depression yes. into right. something helpful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we heard that coming out, Nita, in a lot of our, our volunteers who said, well, how can we help? And our response with uh, over 33 projects and total maybe 40 was very helpful to engage volunteers from all ages, from youth to middle age to seniors mm -hmm. who actually said this helped them a lot to give back to the community and yeah. see people with a smile and put a smile on people's face. And, and so that's, that's something that we had the, the advantage of is because we were working through the churches across Canada, correct? Yes, that's and right. A lot of these projects were, were run by volunteers yes. who... All the projects oh, were, oh, run by volunteers. were run by volunteers. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's amazing. And so yes. these people that just desperately wanted to help in some way. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. we were able to do all this work and to just hit the ground running yes. because we have the churches already on the ground yeah. in their communities. Yeah. And um, many months later, we started around April. Yes. Uh, many months later, we... We have had amazing reports, both narrative and financial. Uh, they have submitted everything we need in order to continue being a registered charity in Canada because when we are audited, we need to show That's accountability right. for the resources. Yes. And now we are beginning to look into phase two. Mm. Uh, what does it look like That's when right. your community is in the red zone, yes. gray zone, uh, orange zone? How do you still continue to help? Uh, the people who need the help That's the right. most. So we are working with churches to look into what the next response is going to be. Well, that's great. And a huge shout out and thank you to all of our volunteers, Absolutely. I'd say. Like, that's, yes. that, is, that is great news. You know, Mike, we were well pleased with the responsiveness from all of our churches. And uh, the message that is coming from our leadership, from our, you know, our top leadership in Canada, Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada, and even our North American Division leadership counterpart saying that uh, Canada, Adra's response has been an example a model of how we can come together, unify our efforts, pool our resources together. So they were really um, complementing the work of ADRA and our responsiveness to connect to our churches all across Canada from coast to coast to coast to really uh, make a difference with this COVID-19 pandemic. That's great. I like that shout out to the volunteers who we would not have done the work without. Exactly. A shout out also to all levels of the church. Yes. We have some provinces where, because they have few resources, yes. the president of the conference took like uh, hands-on. That's right. And, oh, that's did, right. The, and did whatever <laughs> yes. they needed to do. <laughs> that's right. Like everyone was engaged 100%. That, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love hearing stories like that too. It's For the first time, Adri Canada actually partner also with the NAD. Um, yes, Venice North Community America Services, Division. North yeah. American Division of Venice Community Services, where they also contributed funds. Uh, and we were able to equally distribute it to all of our conferences across Canada. So uh, it was wonderful to know that uh, we were able to meet many of the needs. No one was left out. And because of that, we have seen how well this has worked. I Amen. told you at the beginning, we yes. were really wanting to be able to plan better and respond better. Yes. Then COVID came, yes. forced us to immediately do what we have to do. Yeah. Now we have sat together and have done the uh, are working on a plan, as I told you. But we have also put together a strategic plan for yes. many years to come. Yes. Because now that COVID is here, 
it's not going tomorrow. There's a new normal that mm. we have now. And working right. with this new normal, we put together a plan. How do we collect more financial resources that we need from the institutions That's we right. have? Exactly. How do we work with the volunteers to use their skills, to use their expertise yes. in, the, in the most efficient way? Yes. How do we work with the institutions That's that right. we have? Exactly. ABC store, the, the universities, the schools. How do we work with those to best bring this across? So I'm excited that um, as much as COVID is a really bad thing, it has pushed us in yes. the direction that is preparing us more to respond more effectively, efficiently, working with all God's children Amen. to reach out to those in need. That's yeah, cool. and I think COVID-19 forced us and facilitated us yes. to develop this comprehensive plan. Mm -hmm. And going forward, we will continue to build on the partnerships. A structure is in place, mm. um, knowing how and when to activate and deploy our resources and our volunteers. So I really think that uh, there is some good coming out of COVID-19. Right. Now, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, is it only COVID-19 responses that we did during this period of time? Well, uh, not entirely. I mean, that was the primary focus, but we also had uh, recent flooding several months ago in northern Alberta, at Fort Mac, oh, which Fort Mac, yes. Adra's had a presence before, as yeah. Anita mentioned, when we responded to the fires. But this time it was water flooding. And Adra Canada was able to partner with our local church there, the Fort Mac Seventh-day Adventist Church, and they were able to use their church uh, for both the flooding, but of course COVID-19 had compounded that. Oh, yes. So it was almost a dual response, yeah. right? So they opened their church foyer and they had over 400 emergency care kits. Some were non-food items and then they had packages of food as well. So many people came through, uh, including some clothing. And it was getting cold up there, right? And so they were able to help them a lot. And what's amazing, there's another unique project. There was a family that... Uh, uh, had their home, uh, they had to evacuate because there was complete damage in the basement and they had no insurance. So the church through Adra was able to adopt that home or that family and they're helping to rebuild their home so they can get back in there before Christmas, before Wonderful. the new year. Mm. Wonderful. Mm. That is amazing. Um, and earlier you had uh, mentioned, so we've mentioned the COVID response projects were providing food um, and also we talked about the tablets that we provided at the palliative care home. Yes. Um, what other sort of projects did we do for COVID? There was non-food items yes. like hygiene items, yes. PPE equipment for yes. some of our hospitals right. and okay. institutions. Yeah. And there was also counseling, counseling, counseling oh, okay. mental yes. health. So counseling. yeah, we had, we had a very broad approach. That's right. Uh, yes, a comprehensive exactly. Broad but targeted. Yeah, that's right. You got it. You got it. You know, because there's multiple needs. Of course, yeah. uh, the primary needs that, you know, emerged was food because a lot of people had lost their jobs and they, you know, access to certain foods and places. So the food was, you know, a very huge or a larger response, but it was amazing that it was not only uh, limited to that. Mm -hmm. So having our churches where we have some trained chaplains and pastors, there people could come in and get some acute, you know, emotional and counseling support there. There was also some support with rent. Yes, um, there's some rent subsidies yeah, as well. Yeah. So... It was quite a, you know, as you said, tar broad but targeted, broad, right? Broadly <laughs> targeted. <laughs> yeah. no, <that's> <laughs> Broadly yeah. focused. Yeah. One project that I want to talk about um, mm -hmm. that kind of came out of COVID, but I, I personally, and I'm sure you both can see, like uh, it's um, something that would 
be amazing if it could continue. Um, I was able to visit in September, yes. the beginning of September. Uh, Daniel, you and I, we yes. traveled down to Kingston. That's right. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on in Kingston and why it's so exciting? For sure. The term is community garden and Kingston actually approached us, the Sunday Adventist Church and the pastor there, uh, Pastor Edgar, he actually said, would Andrew be able to partner with us uh, because food security needs are high in this community. Mm -hmm. So they have a, a plot of land. They are on a several acres. Mm -hmm. I think it's a church that you grew up in, it, right? It, it is the church I grew up in. <laughs> so, oh, so, sweet. So, and and my, my family still goes there. So. They still go there, right. Yeah. And I know, I think your father was instrumental in helping to build. So we said, sure, we'll go in as a partner. So we did that and they were able to uh, cultivate about eight garden beds on their property. And uh, what they did is prior to that, they sent out a survey, a kind of questionnaire to the community, and there was a community response. I mean, not everyone will respond, but those who responded, they actually indicated that their, their willingness to help um, actually take care or, or sponsor uh, a bed. So they had eight different people from the community, eight different individuals from the community who actually came and like not helped to build and also plant. Mm -hmm. their gardens and so what happens with the church is that they were able to forge a very strong relationship there was one particular member who said i've been in this community for over 20 years yeah. and i've been looking out my window at that church and i'm saying you know i've never set foot on the church but when he was invited to participate in the community garden he says this put a new face on the church yeah do you remember yeah yeah he said to us that um for, for all those years, yes. the church had always just been a building. Yeah. Mm. And now he has a connection to it and mm. he has forged relationships mm. with, with people within the church and, yes. and, and the pastor who they get along very well now. Absolutely. And he has a, a little plot of land in oh, the yeah. church property where he's, <laughs> he's been able to feed himself yes. and not just himself. His wife was able to make zucchini, zucchini, zucchini bread, bread for the whole neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. it was... It, it, it was a great story yeah. and, and they have a good rapport, as you said. And what we also uh, found out was that the community gardens there, they were able to harvest about over 200 pounds of food and they gave it to two local soup kitchens that oh. provide hot meals for people who are homeless yep. in the downtown Amen. Kingston core. Yeah. So we, we have to replicate those like things that. in yes. other communities yeah. absolutely in yeah. fact you know that discussion mm -hmm. we had was actually how can this be a sustainable project and how can it serve as a pilot project yeah. that can be uh, introduced and implemented in other communities mm -hmm. so i think we're going to use this definitely as a model you know from the garden to the table and one of the things that the pastor mentioned is that they're going to have a kind of uh, community garden um, forum where they actually have a nutritional educational piece to it mm -hmm. and it keeps the community connected Connected. They'll have a demonstration of uh, like a cooking demonstration, how to use uh, the actual veggies harvested so that people can learn that this is healthy, this is wholesome and it's good for your overall health. And you know that also uh, how much that contributes to mental health? Oh yeah, yeah. in the community, yeah, yeah. yeah these, therapeutic. These Very people that might have been trapped in their homes yeah. are now exactly. able to go out and, and work on their garden. They can exactly. interact with people. Yeah, I see some people Very talking cool. to their fruits and veggies. And by the way, <laughs> we saw that every garden yeah. produced healthy products, and mm -hmm. and this was organic, by the way. Organic yep. and it was healthy tomatoes. I think we brought some back to the office. We Anita, sure right? did, yeah. yeah you <laughs> Samples, you right? Yeah. And lettuce and cabbage and rhubarb. And you know what's amazing is that right beside the church is a long-term care facility. Mm -hmm. The the seniors came out 
and we talked with them and it made a big difference. For, for years, they've just been looking out their window at an empty field. That's right. And now they have gardens full of flowers and yeah. vegetables to look at. And, and um, yeah. while we were there, some of them came out and set up their chairs and they, they, just, they sit there and they, they talk in the garden. That's like, right. Um, and also that uh, the home, they provided all the water. That's right. That yeah. we were able oh, to they use did. their yeah, water they, source. They, they, they set up a hose yeah. just for us so that we could get our water and we could water the gardens. And, it was amazing. And so it really brought the whole community together. It really did. So it, community uh, garden. That's yeah. what a true community, community garden. garden. Really, so really, truly. We really wow. want to take that as a model and transport to other communities, mm -hmm. especially during this COVID-19 uh, pandemic period where uh, our partners, such as our churches, who have property and land could consider mm -hmm. some project like this. Yeah. So it's really exciting so to see the difference being made and uh, you know the engagement with people who would not normally speak or come in contact with the church. Yeah. Mm. So there, there, there's a way that we can break down barriers. Yeah. And we get some delicious vegetables out of it. Yeah. So really, it's a win-win. Yeah. The next project I was hoping we could talk about is our MANS project in Alberta. MANS is the Mamawe Atoskaten Native School, and it's located in Hobima, which is in the Maskawakis Reserve. It's a Cree nation in central Alberta. It's been around since the 1990s and has been providing education for students K through 12 on, in that uh, community. So um, if we can talk a little bit about what we've been doing there and uh, how long we've been doing it and what we are continuing to do. We have been uh, supporting the MANS project That's right. for many, many, many years. years. There are, there are many uh, people out there in our constituency that give to the MANS project yes. faithfully. Yes. And as we get the money, we pass it on annually. Yes. They have informed us that it's very helpful for food very for the helpful. students. 100%. Because many of them come without a meal. Exactly. And you can't yeah. study without a meal. There's about 200 students coming in from the four reserves combined in total, they don't come with their lunches and even they miss breakfast. And so this food program, assistance food program, has been able to provide both breakfast and lunch for them. Mm. And so I actually was on the site seeing the preparation. They have volunteer educational assistance because they can't afford to employ chefs, but who are two EA, uh, EAs, they call them, educational assistants who have a passion for cooking and food. And it's supervised, they're following all the, you know, public health restrictions, of course, with COVID-19 and also high hygiene principles. Um, they provide the food. But what's amazing is that they eat, sometimes they have students, they have a program where they have students learning to cook. So they, yes. they have them with their hands on learning how to prepare uh, a healthy meal. And of course, they're wearing their gloves and their masks. And so this food program has really benefited them. Mm -hmm. And it has helped students stay in school and finish the school year. You also get more. Those who cook get yeah. more. They get, get more a bigger food. portion. <laughs> they get well, the first they, they, they get sampled. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of some fringe benefits that come with that, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was really helpful. We've been doing it for several years, as we mentioned, and we want to continue to partner with them. Mm -hmm. What's interesting also is that they uh, uh, also developed a community garden. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and they actually 
they had a lot of potatoes and so they were making a lot of french fries mm -hmm. and potato products and all that so the students were learning to peel and learn to harvest from the garden and bring it into and prep prepare the food so it was a tremendous experience to actually observe that and they were able to feed you know the entire school that was their covid 19 response project yes the, the you garden. got exactly yeah. community garden so that that's a little additional piece to the ready the school feeding program that we participate in partner with them in we want to continue that going forward yes absolutely so that's uh one of our our longer running community projects in in, a, in an indigenous community and then over the last few years we've been working in uh, wikwim kong in northern yes. ontario um, we had a podcast on that previously um, you are more than welcome to check that one out at adra.ca podcasts uh, it will be uh, also featuring daniel and our executive director steve matthews and uh, in that one, we go into more detail on our projects in Wikwem Kong. Um, and then uh, in the eastern part of Canada, Nova Scotia, we have had an ongoing partnership with the food bank there. That's right. Yeah. Parker Street uh, Furniture and Food Bank. Okay. They've been a, doing a tremendous job making impact in the Halifax, the city of Halifax and the surrounding environments of that area. And uh, they have provided, uh, you know, so many like hot meals as well as food boxes for people so a lot of homeless people uh people who are under privilege uh low income it's just tremendous they've been featured actually on ctv and all that so they are making a significant impact Amazing. and we're very happy to partner with them i want to say that they do a very professional job as well oh, okay sure. which which is a good thing because yes. god calls us to, yes. to to do a good job exactly. if we are doing for christ we should do the, the best that best. we can but I also wanted to add that just like Parker Street yes. and, many, and many of the churches we worked with, they didn't just use the money that Adra gave them. Mm. They multiplied that they money did. with their own contributions right. and contributions from the community, That's right. That's both right. in-kind donations and cash donations. Amazing. So you yes. find like a $10,000 project became $50,000 right. because of yes. the in-kind donations That's they right. got and their own contributions. Yeah which is an amazing thing. So that dollar just keeps multiplying. Yes. Amazing. Not that just financially, yeah. but like we've seen the exactly. kitchen gardens, oh, yes. it multiplies endlessly. Yeah. Like so you know, many benefits that come, that come that are priceless. I agree. It ends up being priceless. How are the projects that we currently have leading us into the future? And what is that you're looking forward to? And, and what sort of uh, projects do we see on the horizon? Well, very exciting. This hope mm -hmm. on the horizon. I've had many discussions yes. with Anita and uh, you know other members of our team um, at Adra. We really want to build a robust and healthy national program. So that includes our emergency response and also development as well. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we have something attached to it uh, called Ministries of Compassion. So we are actually linking it all together for a more comprehensive program to make an impact. So we really want to see uh, emphasis uh, in addressing indigenous needs or communities, partnering with them, youth engagement. We're looking at, of course, the community garden with a kind of eco-based, uh, you know, environmental stewardship emphasis. Um, we really want to look at um, connecting in areas that are really underserviced, like inner city, urban areas, and really connecting with our young people because youth 
in, in, in our t today's world, they really want to get involved in volunteering and making a difference, uh, mm -hmm. transforming their communities. Mm -hmm. So that's some of the areas and some other things. Yes, that another, we are another about. big one um, that we want to do is training. Because yes. we have um, right. volunteers, as you, we, we can't do anything without the exactly. volunteers, yes. because we are only how many people Limited. in Andhra, Canada, <laughs> That's right. uh, based in Newcastle. Yes. So we cannot do without volunteers. However, there are volunteers that are already skilled, That's like right. the ones in Fort Mark, who right. you have carpenters and yes. who, who said, okay, we are going to do this house. Yes. But we have lots of volunteers also that say, I want to help, but I don't know how. No. And apart from yeah. having skills, how do I use them in a disaster um, situation? Because it's not a normal situation. We want to do training. Yes. We, we, we have courses that are laid That's out right. because of COVID-19. We want to see how to adjust that so that it's online. Everything is online these yes. days. Yes. We want to have online courses. We want to have audios That's and videos right. exactly. and in-person training when, when we eventually are able to do that yes. so that the volunteers are prepared yes. for when to respond to a so, disaster. We want to have um, a program where we register yes. the volunteers. Right. We know those who are trained and how they are trained. We know exactly. those who are not trained and have uh, contact with them sure. so that before a disaster happens or when yes. a disaster happens, we send out information and yes. activate so we want to have a robust program. It's very exciting, yes. and um, God is in it, and the time is now. Yeah. The time it's, is it's now. also really exciting to mm -hmm. see Adra taking what we do so well around the world, yes. because yes. we do an amazing job around the world, and yeah. now bringing it home to yes. improve the lives of people mm -hmm. that so it. desperately need it here. Yes, Absolutely. And, and customizing it to Canada and right. the structure that exactly. we have. Exactly. Right. And you know, just bringing it closer to home, someone will ask, well, what is Adra Canada doing in their own backyard? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So, in fact, I got to mention to you that even in literally in our own backyard, just maybe a, a few uh, hundred meters away, there is a food bank uh, called the Clarington East Food Bank. Mm -hmm. And they actually, uh, you know, reached out and uh, they had this advertising in the local newspaper saying there, there's a shortage of food and assistance yes. and also um, boxes to put the food in. And so Adra Canada responded and we were able to provide some emergency assistance funds to provide necessary food for them mm -hmm. and also boxes to put the food in so they can deliver it to families and to homes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And talking about the volunteers, we just want to thank all of our volunteers mm -hmm. for their you know, gallant efforts, for their time, their energy, their efforts. Without them, our programs could not be successfully mm -hmm. implemented and completed. So we really thank God for all of our volunteers. And as Anita mentioned, uh, we're going to continue to roll out some training programs so that volunteers can be equipped and uh, we can have a database all across Canada. Mm -hmm. So when emergencies, disasters happens, or even our development projects, we can call on them. And people are actually knocking on our doors to say, how can I be a yes. part of ADRA? What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. So we see interest as well. Yes. Among the volunteers is the ambassadors. Yes. You want to give a special shout out to the yeah. ambassadors? Our ambassadors, you know, as you know, ambassador is someone who uh, represents their country in a in a foreign place or in another place. So ADRA ambassador represents the work we do at ADRA, both nationally and internationally. And uh, most most of our ambassadors, ambassadors are local ambassadors that are connected to their local church in their community. 
And so um, we are really developing our uh, ADRA, well, we've had ADRA ambassador program. We are continuing to build on it and really connect uh, the dots, close the gap, so to speak, because we really appreciate our ambassadors. Without them, you know, many of the churches would not know what's happening, you know, will not be able to kind of support, you know, our gift catalog and, and uh, respond to emergencies when they arise. Well, I really want to thank you two for joining me today. Um, it's, it's so exciting hearing about our projects here in Canada. Um, and as always, it's great having you two on the, the podcast. It's always great catching up and, and having this time to, to talk and go over what we're doing. If you're interested in learning about any of the projects that we discussed today, please visit our website, adra.ca. And if you want to listen to any of the previous podcasts, including the one with uh, Daniel and Steve Matthews uh, talking about our project in Wikwemakong, please visit adra.ca slash podcasts, or you can find them on any of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Thank you again. You're very and welcome. thank you for joining. It's a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for joining <laughs> us on the Adra Insider Podcast. Until next time.